Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, February 6th, TH, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning our gaze towards the weather. Riverside is bracing for a cool day with a high of 50.6 degrees and the mercury dipping just slightly to a low of 50.3 by evening. In our top story, the Supreme Court gears up to scrutinize an often overlooked part of the Constitution, Section 3 in a monumental case that could redefine former President Trump's eligibility to run for office. Further west, the Los Angeles River is flirting with danger levels as the powerful Pineapple Express storm continues to unleash its fury on Southern California, we'll bring you the latest on the flood threats and safety precautions. And in a broader environmental context, we're delving into how climate change is supercharging atmospheric rivers, leading to an uptick in the likelihood of severe rainfall and consequent flooding events. Stay tuned as we explore these stories and more on Alex's News. The Supreme Court is gearing up for a landmark case that could shape the future of American politics, involving a section of the Constitution that most people have probably never heard of. We're looking at the 14th Amendment Section 3 and its impact on former President Donald Trump's eligibility to run for office again. Ethan, can you break down what's at stake here? Absolutely, Grace. So, we have this rarely invoked provision of the Constitution that might bar individuals who have engaged in insurrection from holding office. It dates back to the post-Civil War era and was meant to keep Confederate officers out of government positions. Now, voters in Colorado are arguing that Trump's actions surrounding the 2020 election results and the January 6 attack qualify as insurrection. If they're right, Trump could be disqualified from future office. That's fascinating. And so this specific case is Trump versus Norma Anderson, right? What led this to the Supreme Court? Correct. The case started in Colorado where the state's Supreme Court agreed that Trump potentially engaged in insurrection. Trump appealed to the federal Supreme Court, hence why we are now waiting for them to examine these pressing legal questions, including whether Trump's actions fit the definition of insurrection and whether this provision even applies to the presidency. This must be putting a lot of pressure on the justices. What are some of the implications they have to consider? There's a lot on their plates, Grace. Firstly, they'll have to navigate through historical context and interpret what insurrection really means in the context of the 14th Amendment. Then there's the question of whether Congress has a say in determining who's eligible under this rule and the broader implications on future presidential campaigns and election integrity. And the debates are happening on both sides of the aisle, right? What are the arguments for and against disqualifying Trump? That's right. Advocates for Trump's disqualification point out that if his actions on January 6 constitute insurrection, then Section 3 should apply to him, and therefore, prevent him from holding office again. However, Trump and his legal team argue he called for a peaceful protest, not an insurrection. Plus, they debate whether the presidency is even considered an office under the United States, as the section states. What about potential outcomes? What could the Supreme Court decide? They could take several paths. First, they might uphold the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling which could end Trump's candidacy. Alternatively, they might overturn it and essentially give him the green light for 2024. Or third, they could set a whole new precedent, deeply analyzing and interpreting the Constitution in a way that clarifies the definition of insurrection for future references. With arguments set for February 8 next year, the political landscape is surely holding its breath. Is there anything else peculiar about this case that we should be paying attention to? 
Well, it's worth noting that Trump is framing this as a democratic issue as well, arguing that disqualifying him would go against his supporters' wishes. It raises the question if there's tension between constitutional law and the democratic process. And all eyes will be on sources like ABC News and the Associated Press, which are closely monitoring this story. Indeed, the country will be watching closely. Thanks for breaking down all these complex layers, Ethan. Happy to provide the insight, Grace. It's certainly a story to watch. Chloe, we're hearing reports of a severe storm in Los Angeles that's causing some major concern, particularly with the Los Angeles River levels. Can you give us an update on the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. What we're seeing is the result of an atmospheric river event, sometimes referred to as the Pineapple Express. This phenomenon is pouring heavy rains into the region, and it's pushed the LA River to a critical point. The Associated Press is reporting that the river could overflow, an alarming prospect, especially considering the homeless communities along the banks. Chloe, explain to our listeners what exactly an atmospheric river is and why this Pineapple Express is causing such chaos. Of course, an atmospheric river is a massive ribbon of moisture up in the sky that carries water vapor from the tropics. The Pineapple Express is a type of atmospheric river with origins near Hawaii, hence the name. It's like a gigantic hose in the sky, and when it's aimed at California, it can dump tremendous amounts of rain over the region. I see. Now, with the river's levels rising, what's being done to ensure the safety of the homeless population living alongside it? First responders are patrolling the area, while swift water rescue teams are on standby for any emergencies. Just recently, the LA Fire Department carried out a dramatic rescue where a man had to be saved after going after his dog in the rough waters. Thankfully, they were both rescued without harm. Good to hear there was a safe outcome there. Now, the LA River runs through quite a few cities. What can you tell us about its history and current state? Well, the Los Angeles River stretches across 14 cities, from the San Fernando Valley to Long Beach. It was encased in concrete back in 1939 as a countermeasure to catastrophic floods, but in the past years, efforts have been made to restore it, allowing for recreational activities and improving its ecological state. Notably, the EPA deemed it navigable a little over a decade ago, which has had implications for its conservation and restoration. Interesting history there. So aside from the threat to the homeless, are there other pressing concerns from this storm we should be aware of? Indeed, Grace. Los Angeles has witnessed flash flooding and mudslides, unfortunately, three fatalities have been reported due to the storm. Furthermore, power outages have affected over a million people. Given the extensive damage and risks, Governor Newsom has issued a state of emergency for the region. And what are emergency services doing in response to these immediate threats? They're stretched thin, conducting rescues, responding to incidents of flooding, handling structure fires, and assisting stranded motorists. And as you can imagine, with the ground already saturated and the continuing rainfall, authorities are bracing for more urban and stream flooding, with the added risk of mudslides. With conditions still deteriorating, has there been any official guidance for residents? Los Angeles County itself has declared a state of emergency, prioritizing the procurement of supplies and resources. Evacuation orders are in place in parts of LA, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. The NWS has issued flash flood warnings, urging the public to be vigilant and prepare for life-threatening flood conditions. Chloe, before we wrap up, any final thoughts on what Californians might expect in the days ahead? 
While the efforts to mitigate this disaster are ongoing, the situation remains precarious, Grace. As long as the storm persists, the threat level is bound to stay high, and we're likely to see continued emergency measures to protect lives and properties. Thank you, Chloe, for that in-depth coverage. Stay safe, and we'll check back in with you for more updates as this story develops. Here are some other headlines. King Charles III, at the age of 75, has been diagnosed with cancer, Buckingham Palace has revealed. The discovery was made while he was undergoing treatment for an enlarged prostate, and while the specific type of cancer has not been shared, it has been confirmed that it is not prostate cancer. With a schedule of regular treatments underway, the king has taken a step back from his public duties. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, among other global leaders including President Joe Biden, has expressed condolences and hopes for the king's swift recovery. Meanwhile, Prince William will be stepping in to cover some of his father's commitments. Notably, despite the royal family's usual privacy regarding health matters, King Charles has opted for transparency due to his involvement with cancer charities, and he remains optimistic about his work and health. Turning to international news, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is at the center of intense diplomatic negotiations aimed at achieving a Gaza ceasefire for hostages deal. With active talks in Egypt, the stakes are high as Blinken seeks to accomplish three critical objectives, secure a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, explore the possibility of normalizing relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, and prevent further regional conflict. The road ahead is fraught with challenges, as stark differences remain between Hamas and Israel. Despite a detailed proposal on the table, there's still no formal response from Hamas, and regional tensions remain undiminished. In domestic politics, Nevada voters are facing a puzzling situation with the simultaneous introduction of presidential primaries and caucuses. While confusion prevails, no significant surprises are expected in the election outcomes. The caucuses appear to favor Trump due to his grassroots momentum, while the primary system is not expected to yield the same advantage for him. Beyond voter bewilderment, Nevada's GOP has introduced new rules that could reshape the campaign dynamics for candidates like the former Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Meanwhile, in the world of sports, Argentine football sensation Lionel Messi is entangled in a PR fiasco stemming from a global tour with Inter Miami that has been marred by off-field issues and less-than-stellar performances. With just a single win in five games, fans have voiced their disappointment and Messi along with Luis Suarez, have been managing injuries. The tour's setbacks have not dampened Messi's spirits, as he remains hopeful to play in an upcoming match in Tokyo if his recovery allows. Finally, in a leap for genetic modification, scientists have created a genetically modified purple tomato derived from DNA of snapdragon flowers. This new tomato variety is not only distinct in color but also boasts increased health benefits and a longer shelf life. After securing safety approval from U.S. regulators, these antioxidant-rich tomatoes are set to hit the American market as seeds for gardeners in 2023, promising an exciting addition to the world of nutritionally enhanced genetically modified produce. And those are your headlines for today. Stay tuned for more updates throughout the day. We're diving into a story now about a weather phenomenon that's increasingly in the headlines. 
It's called an atmospheric river, and scientists say they're changing due to climate change, with significant impacts on places like California. To break down what this means, we've got our specialist correspondent, Ethan, with us today. Ethan, can you explain to us exactly what an atmospheric river is? Sure, Grace. Atmospheric rivers are essentially long, narrow regions in the atmosphere that can carry moisture thousands of miles. Think of them like rivers in the sky, capable of transporting water vapor from the tropics up to the middle latitudes. When they make landfall, they often bring intense rainfall or snowfall to the regions below. And from what I've gathered from NPR and ABC News, California really depends on these atmospheric rivers for its water supply, correct? Absolutely, Grace. In California, atmospheric rivers are vital as they contribute a significant portion of the state's water. But there's a downside. They can also bring about severe flooding and inflict damage on infrastructure, the environment, and personal property. That sounds quite serious. Now, can you delve into how climate change is, as reports suggest, amplifying the intensity of these atmospheric rivers? That's a critical aspect of this story, Grace. Climate change is causing our planet to warm, and a warmer atmosphere can hold more moisture. According to research from various sources, including the Columbia Climate School, this leads to atmospheric rivers that are not just more frequent but more intense as well. It results in rainfall that's more extreme and heavy, which in turn elevates the risk of flooding and other related damages. Ethan, then what can be the potential implications of these more intense atmospheric rivers for communities, especially in terms of preparation and infrastructure? Communities could face overwhelming challenges, Grace. For those that are unprepared or have inadequate flood protection systems, the consequences can be catastrophic. Projections indicate that we could see more marked swings between extreme wet and dry periods, which could strain water management and disaster response capabilities. That's concerning. With these changes, Ethan, are there strategies or measures that can be implemented to mitigate risks? There are several measures, Grace. Improving forecasting and early warning systems is a top priority. Additionally, investing in robust flood protection infrastructure, promoting sustainable land use and urban planning, and developing comprehensive disaster risk reduction strategies are all crucial steps. On top of that, it's essential to bolster education and awareness about climate change and emissions reduction to address the root cause of these intensifying weather events. And with the economic angle, costs from damages, adaptation, and mitigation, how significant can these be in the long run? Well, Grace, the economic impact is substantial and multifaceted. We're talking about an exponential increase in damages, more frequent and costly flooding events, not to mention the long-term agricultural and ecological repercussions. Managing water supply, in particular, becomes an increasingly complex issue, and these challenges underscore the dire need to improve water resource management and prioritize climate action. Indeed, quite a multifaceted challenge. Ethan, thank you for providing us with such an insightful analysis on atmospheric rivers and their connection to climate change. My pleasure, Grace. It's a topic that will only become more important as we continue to experience the effects of a warming planet. We'll be sure to keep our listeners updated as more information becomes available. Stay tuned for more news after the break. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4 Turbo. GPT-3.5 Turbo. The Perplexity API and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.